Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Tuesday to you all on this June 23rd. We inch ever so closely to July, and with that comes potentially a lot of sports coming back towards the late stages of July. We are about right now, so June 23rd, it looks like we're about at the least 35 days, so that's Five weeks, guys, so we're potentially five weeks away from seeing some sports for the first time in a long time. But still, you know, who knows with this pandemic going on, they could push back or, you know, they could even uh, be canceled. We saw the news today with baseball. They're they're announcing their 60-game season, which will begin, I believe, I think it's like July 28th or something like that. I think their spring training would begin uh, next week. You know, you combine that with the NHL's restart plan late July, early August. The NBA's late July, early August. The NFL training camps would start late July and... Yeah, there's a lot of sports that are potentially coming. Who knows if they still will um, in about five weeks. So really, really exciting times um, in the sports world. Still, you know, we have a lot to get to on today's show. Um, as always, this this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. You know, like I said, we're going to have uh, my Hockey Hall of Fame thoughts I believe it is getting announced tomorrow. I think it's the three players that are going to be getting in. I tweeted out my thoughts earlier, but if you guys didn't see it, I'll still share my uh, deeper thoughts because I think some of the players on there really should not even be eligible for the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> like Shane Doan, who didn't even get to 1,000 points for his NHL career. So we'll get to that soon. Um, we also have a new segment, Back to the Future, uh, this week for all the NHL teams. So, of course, for the Penguins, you know, we, what what's the team going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now? Not, um, still kind of debating what I'm going to do for today's episode for it. You know, maybe I'll look at, you know, who the number one center is going to be, who the goaltender is going to be, who the number one defenseman is going to be. I was talking with a couple buddies about that. They gave me some pretty good ideas. So um, we'll have that coming. Um, well, I guess we'll just start with for today. The Penguins, they officially tweeted out that they were the city of Pittsburgh, I should say, is not going to be a hub city for the NHL. It was eliminated as well as Dallas. So there are now six cities remaining and if I can go down to those cities, um, according to Pierre LeBron, it is Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Um, my thoughts on this, you know, I tweeted out a funny thought, you know, the Penguins never win the Stanley Cup at home anyway, so, you know, why start now? Who really gives a shit? Um, no, I'm not really too worried uh, that Pittsburgh is not going to be a hub city. I know Pittsburgh is doing really, really well with their COVID numbers. Um, again, I'm still very skeptical as to why they have Las Vegas at such high of their list, considering Nevada is a pretty big hotspot right now. It is it's just, it really is just really, really weird to me. Um, and especially, you know, the, the mayor of Las Vegas, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys saw her clips along, it was like, about, I think it was about a month ago. She was kind of embarrassing herself when she was talking about, you know, reopening the casinos. So I really don't trust her to make good decisions there. Um, if I had to guess what they will do, I think. Vancouver is going to get one. I think Vancouver would be interesting. I think their COVID numbers are down. And I think uh, maybe Toronto. Um, I think those are honestly probably your best calls. Vancouver, you can put the West teams there. It makes sense. And then Toronto, you can have the East teams there. Um, Los Angeles, I think California, their numbers are pretty high. I, I still, like I said, Vegas is stupid. Edmonton, I mean, you can probably get away with that too for the West teams. I don't think anyone would really bat an eye at that. Chicago, eh. And no, no one, no one really wants that. 
I've seen people say, you know, that they should have two Canadian hub cities, not deal with the United States since the numbers are spiking in a lot of the states right now. I mean, yeah, I can see that. Like I said, I think Vancouver and Toronto are your best bets. You know, the East teams can go play in Toronto and not have to deal with a Western time zone. The West teams can stay in the West. They can go to Vancouver, you know, Edmonton and Toronto. That works too. I really just don't understand the love for Las Vegas. It just, it really doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest with you. So... Yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of lost on that. I guess the NHL's logic is money. Oh yeah, they have a lot of hotel space, which is, you know, true. But you I mean, you're going to have to put the players in, in a very, like, small bubble because the, the numbers in Nevada are just spiking so high right now. But still, if I were them, like, I'll say this again one more time. My two hub cities, if I if I were the NHL, Vancouver and Toronto don't even deal with the nonsense in the United States since a lot of uh, states are spiking right now. Thankfully, the state I'm in, Virginia, is actually doing pretty good. They're moving ahead with Phase 3. Next Wednesday, it might be a little too early for that, considering some of the spikes in the other states, but I'm sure um, the governor, who's a doctor in my state, is going to be paying attention very closely, so he could also just push it back, which you know I'm kind of hoping that he will do. But anyways, yeah, Vancouver, Toronto, I think that was your best bet. Another Penguin News today, we also got a very um, awesome article from Josh Yowie. Talked to J- Jim Rutherford about a bunch of stuff, a Nick Bukestad update. The update I actually found um, pretty interesting. I'm actually trying to go find the update right now okay i sent the article so basically he said jim rutherford says if we're able to make a long run in these playoffs there's a chance he could be available towards the end the thing with him is we want to be careful with him because he's coming off surgery he's just played in such a small number of games over the past year or two but because of the timeline with these playoffs yes there's a chance he could be available at some point um yeah jim i'm gonna have to go ahead and say no on that i really don't think nick bukestad is going to be available hell um, a lot of people have been you know using the joke who is nick bukestad because of course you know he's just been banged up ever since he got to Pittsburgh I, I kind of just feel bad because he never was ever this hurt during his playing days in Florida and then of course as soon as he comes to Pittsburgh he just turns into Bo Bennett so I really really feel bad about him with that I'm um, another thing from the article I'm not going to spoil the whole thing because I want uh, you guys to go read it but you know he basically he, Jim also said he's not really sure how they're going to handle Bukestad he said we're going to have to make a decision on him at the right time. He's just one of those guys. I love that. I love what a GM said that. GM says that. He's one of those guys. You know, we have to make a decision on him at the right time. He's one of those guys. I just, I can't stop. You know, whenever I read that statement, you know, he's just one of those guys. I just chuckle because every GM says that. But anyways, you know, he falls into the category of a guy who might have the playoffs determine what we do with him in the future. So basically talking about, you know, how the depth um, how the depth forwards are for the Penguins in the playoffs. Do they score enough or, you know, just how they play on each other's lines. Um, he also says, you know, what happens in the playoffs could affect a guy like him. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it on Nick Bukestad. He did say also that, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have to move money around anyway this off season when it comes to contracts, you know, with Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, who knows what they're going to do with that. I think Jared McCann is up. I believe also Dominic Simone is up after this season. They They have a lot of, contracts that they're going to have to do this offseason and like Jim said you know they're gonna have to move some money out one way or other so yeah could it be could it be Nick Bukestad on the way out I I would say that's pretty likely at this point I don't think he ever plays another game in a penguin uniform there's also the potential that Jack Johnson could be bought out I wonder if you know in the in the CBA um, extension if maybe maybe just maybe they'll all give a team uh, the team's an extra buyout because you know that would be such a nice thing to do and just a great gift for the Penguins to buy out Jack Johnson and that albatross of a contract. Um, let's see, Jim is also he's also not sure if he's going to attend the postseason games. Hell, if I were him, I honestly probably wouldn't. He's seventy one years old. You know that age group is you know pretty pretty big for this pandemic. A lot of the older people are very much uh, very affected by it uh, more than younger people. 
I mean, anyone can get it, but still, I think the the older population can get it way worse than some of the younger population is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he didn't come to some of the games. Hell, all of them, you know, wouldn't surprise me if he just stays at home and watches them there. You know, I, I do love this quote from Jim, though. He said, you know, we are always looking ahead. We are right now. We don't have time to wait. We've already had a lot of discussions about the 2020-2021 roster. Um, that's why we haven't re-signed any of these players yet. You have to be ahead of it because things are going to happen fast. We don't know what the cap number will be. We need to have the ability to prioritize where money is going. He also said, I can tell you that some things and some decisions will be based on how certain people perform in the playoffs. I was talking about that earlier. You know, like Nick Bukestad, maybe Jack Johnson with you, so Ricola. It's going to be a very important time for many reasons this summer. So, yeah, I mean, Jim Rutherford, yeah, he is going to be very busy coming up very, very soon, especially... Um, if the season starts up and during it, because you know that, that the, I think the draft is supposed to be in October. If this all goes according to plan and free agency. So yeah, this is going to be a very, very interesting time for Jim Rutherford. He's going to have to deal with the draft, free agency, trades, contracts, trade, <laughs> just all of it. So yeah, I, I do not envy Jim Rutherford during this unusual time, but just thought I would share some quotes with you guys for, uh, from Josh Yoey's article when he spoke to Jim Rutherford again, Josh, Really great article, man. I love your work. I hope people subscribe to The Athletic. They are, I think they're doing a 30-day free trial right now before your subscription kicks in. Excuse me. So, good Lord. I have a case of the Mondays. I just keep stuttering. So, yes. Definitely, guys, check that out. The Athletic does absolutely amazing work. Also, please check out um, Sean Shapiro's article on Stephen Johns, a Pittsburgh product who was battling concussions and just suicidal thoughts. You know, the defenseman for the Dallas Stars. What an article that was. That article is honestly worth a subscription alone. If you guys haven't checked it out, please do. It's on the Athletic Dallas page or just search up, you know, the Dallas Stars on the Athletic. It was just absolutely incredible to to read. But with that said, the Locked On Podcast Network, we all stand against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the... to the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Also, guys, it's all it's time to talk about Built Bar. They're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. We still have that offer like we said at the beginning of the show. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. We'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back on this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast, and it is time to talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame. They're going to announce their inductions tomorrow. So some of the players that um, are up for it, Jerome McGinley, Marion Hossa, Patrick Elias, Sergei Donchar, Shane Doan, Rob Brindamore, Daniel Alfredson, and Alexander Mog- Mogulini. Jeez, if I've mispronounced his name. I, I, of course I know who he is, but I probably just mispronounced his name, and that makes me look like a complete moron. So Mog Ilney, yes. If I got that wrong, please sue me. So those are most of the candidates. Um, if you're picking, I, I mean, I, I think I think it's, what, three that get in? Um, me me speaking, me personally, uh, first one, Jerome McGinley. Um, Jerome McGinley is outstanding. He was always so underrated throughout his career, always really underappreciated. You know, played in almost 1,600 games, scored over 600 goals, accumulated 1,300 points. I mean, that's Hall of Fame stuff right there. I mean, he had, I think, was it 150, uh, two, I think it was two 50-goal seasons that he had, plenty of 30-goal seasons, plenty of 40-goal seasons. Um, he was just 
he was a monster, man. I, he didn't get that 100-point season. His highest point season was 96. That came in 2002 with the Flames, 52 goals, 96 points in 82 games. Um, yeah, Jerome McGinley, that, that's, that should be an easy decision for the Hockey Hall of Fame. They don't put Jerome McGinley in. Um, basically, just disband the Hockey Hall of Fame, to be honest with you. The next, the next one, um, honestly, I think Rod Brindamore. Um, I know that's maybe a little bit of a hot take to some, but I think Rod Brindamore is absolutely a Hall of Famer. I think he's been getting snubbed for a couple years now. He was also um, pretty underappreciated during his time, too. Played in almost 1,500 games, almost a 500 goal score, just a little over 450. Almost had 1,200 points, 1,184 to be exact. Nice 20 uh, season career. Good Lord, I just cannot speak today. I almost messed that up, too. You know, two-time Selkie Trophy winner. Also, of course, a Stanley Cup winner. Um, yeah, I, I think I would put him in the Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow if I were the NHL. Like I said, I think he's been kind of overlooked for a little while now. And then my third pick, um, this was this was a toss-up. You know, Daniel Alfredson and Marion Hossa. I love both of them. I think Marion Hossa is a Hall of Famer. I just don't think it's going to be this year. I think if it were me, I would put Daniel Alfredson in. You know, he almost had 1,200 points for his career. He won the Calder. Um, he won the King Clancy Award twice. He's uh, finished fourth in the Selkie uh, Trophy voting. Honestly, you know, it'll always suck that Alfredson never got to win the Stanley Cup. Of course, you know, he, the closest he came was um, 2007 against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they got absolutely walked by the Ducks that, in that uh, Stanley Cup final. I think it was, what, five games? That was also the, the year that they swept the Penguins out of the playoffs. Actually, no, wait. Excuse me. That was that that series went actually to five games. So wow, yeah, it was not a sweep. I, I for the longest time I thought it was a sweep. I, I keep forgetting they won game two of that series, four to three in Ottawa. But the uh, the rest of the series, the yeah, the Penguins got walked. So yeah, they made Sidney Crosby. That was the first time they made the playoffs under Crosby. They made the Penguins look like a bunch of babies. Basically, Albertson was a boss in that series. I think I'm, actually I'm looking at this right now. Uh, in the five games, three goals, six points, uh, led all Senators. Chris Kelly was right behind him. Looking at the roster, Danny Heatley. That was a prime Danny Heatley. Jason Spezza was just coming into the lead. Anton Volchenkov. I forgot that he played on the Senators too. Joe Corvo. Chris Neal when he was still being an ass. Wade Redden. Uh, Andre Mazaros. Yep, former Flyer. Antoine Vermette. Yep, that's right. Mike Fisher. Yep, he was on the Senators for a very, very, very long time. But still... In any case, you know, Daniel Alfredson, I think, should get into the Hall of Fame. You know, it also is lost on some people. He played in Detroit for his final season. You know, he was, I think, 41 at that point. 68 games that year, 18 goals, 49 points in 68 games as a 41-year-old. In in the second to last season with the Senators when he was 39 in 2011-12, 27 goals, 59 points in 75 games. This guy was still producing even as he got to 40, even over 40, still was basically a 20-goal scorer. So, yeah, I'd put him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I always thought he was so... I, I know, I, I basically said this to the other two players, too. He, I always thought he was just so underappreciated. And, you know, the Senators need some good news <laughs> during this time since, you know, Eugene Melnick is their owner and he's just a... He's such an idiot. So, again, my three players that I would have going into the Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow, Rob Brindamore, Daniel Alfredson, and Jerome McGinley. But... Also, let's take a look at some of these other candidates that were on the list that, you know, I kind of just, I, I laughed at. Uh, Patrick Eliash. I mean, I, I think Patrick Eliash is a really, really, really good player. I always thought he was just awesome on the Devils. I think he kind of belongs in the Hall of Very Good. 
Uh, Shane Doan does not even deserve to be in this conversation. He wasn't even a 1,000 point scorer, I don't even think, in the NHL. And, you know, I also think he's just he just ran around like an idiot and was kind of a dirty player. I'll never forget that hit that he laid on Chris Letang that ended his season. I think it was uh, 2014-15, I believe is what it was, where he basically just smacked Letang's head into the boards. And then, yeah, you knew right then Letang was not going to be playing in the playoffs for the Penguins. So, yeah, I mean, Shane Doan does not even deserve to be anywhere near there. Patrick Eliash, I can maybe see it, but I think the Hall are very good. Uh, like I said, Marion Hossa, he'll be coming in hopefully next year. Sergey Gonchar, you know, I love Sergey Gonchar as much as anyone, but, you know, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Very Good. And then Mogilny, um, I think potentially he may get in at some point down the road, but I think right now, I mean, I'm still saying he's in the Hall of Very Good. But, I mean, I think there's there's four there's four choices for tomorrow. You got to put three of them in. I'm not going to really be mad if Hosa gets in instead of Alfredson, but you got to put at least again Lynn Brindamore in there. I think if... You don't put both of those players in and then make it maybe a toss-up between Alfred Sin and Hosa. Um, you're doing it wrong. But, you know, those are just my thoughts on the Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow. Um, for whoever gets in, congratulations. Uh, such always a, pre- a prestige honor to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And with that said, it's now time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so who's ready to play some Back to the Future? Uh, This segment is, it's an interesting one. So, you know, we're going to look at what the team is going to look like five to ten years from now, look at some questions. So let's just get on into it. So who's the number one center five years from now? Uh, that's Sidney Crosby. I think Sidney will be, what, 37, 38. He'll still be here. I think that's going to be when his contract is expiring. Um, I would expect him to probably sign a two, one more contract, a two- to three-year deal to retire for the franchise. Um, yeah, he's he's going to stay. Um, five more years, who's the number two center? I still think it's Geno. A lot of people for a long time have always said, oh, yeah, Evgeny Malkin, he's not going to end his career with the Penguins. It's just like, no, they're not going to do another Yager situation where they're going to trade Malkin like they did Yager. They traded Yager for completely different reasons. That was just mostly financial stuff. So no, Malkin is going to stay. I think um, in Rob Rossi's excellent uh, piece about the free agency for Crosby and Malkin last week on The Athletic, he did say, I think that Malkin wants to sign a three-year deal to retire as a member of the Penguins. And I also think at some point he may potentially go back to the KHL to play maybe one season there for his hometown team. But still, I mean, he's not going to be playing for any other NHL team. Um, five years from now, who's the number one goaltender for the Penguins? Um, I'm going to say it's uh, someone other than Tristan Jari. I really don't think Tristan Jari is honestly going to be here in five years. Goaltending is so voodoo. It's so random. You never know what you're going to get. You know, for all we know, Tristan Jari, with a bigger sample size, he really could potentially not be that good. Who knows? But, you know, he could also be the second coming of Jesus. You know, that's just how the goaltending position is in this league. But if you guys want a name who I think it's going to be, um, Emil Larmy, I really think he's potentially going to be the number one goaltender of the future for the Penguins. Um, he's still playing, you know, in juniors in the AHL. I think he only played in nine games 
this season. Let me look up his stats real quick. You know, just a little little bit of a small sample size, but, you know, 3.55 goals against average, 883 save percentage. So not off to too good of a start for the Wilkes-Barre Scram Penguins, but, you know, he's still very, very young. and That's a very, very small sample size. I really think that this kid is going to be really, really good. And I think in five years, he's going to be the starting goaltender with the Penguins. Um, in five years, who is the number one defenseman going to be? And, you know, I'm still going to say Chris Letang. I know Chris Letang will be in his late 30s. He might... You know, he could retire by then, but right now, I still think Chris Letang is going to retire as a member of the, of the Penguins um, if they trade him at all during that. You know, that, we all know that's a mistake, and no, they should not trade Chris Letang, but, you know, I guess if his, maybe if he falls off pretty bad, I guess maybe they could trade him, but I really don't see that happening because Chris Letang is absolutely awesome, and he's one of the best defensemen in the league. But, you know, maybe if you go seven years from now, I think the number one defenseman is John Marino playing on the top pairing with Brian Dumoulin. Marino is going to be here, I think, for the long haul. He's going to get a nice contract when this current one is up. He he is going to get paid and paid in a big way by the Penguins. He he's he is the real deal, folks. If you somehow thought otherwise, no, he, he is he is the real deal. Um, let's see, let's see some easy ones here. Oh, are the Penguins gonna be playing in PPG Paints Arena? Yes, they're gonna be playing in PPG Paints. That's a question for ten years from now. Are the Penguins gonna be playing in PPG Paints Arena ten years from now? Yes, they will. They're not gonna have a new arena just that quick. I think they signed like a when they first like they got the arena deal. I think they signed like a twenty to thirty year deal for it or something like that. So yeah, they're gonna be playing in that arena for a long, long time, probably longer than um, the Penguins played in Mellon Arena. So yeah, that that's a stupid question. All right, here's here's one to end this. In five years from now, is Mike Sullivan the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins? Wow. Um, I'm honestly, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes on that. I know a lot of coaches have a short shelf life. You know, not a lot of coaches survive 10 years with with a franchise. But, you know, I'm going to say yes. Mike Sullivan is one of the very best coaches in the league. Um, Certainly has a case for being the best coach in Penguins franchise history. He's done a lot of good with the Penguins, and, you know, you let him go, you know, he's he, he'll be hired in literally 30 seconds, so um, I think towards the late stages of Crosby and Malkin's career in five years from now, I do think he will be the coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ten years from now, I'm going to say no. I think he will be moved on, have retired, or potentially um, be fired by the Penguins, but, you know, in five years from now, I'm going to say yes, that he is still the head coach of Pittsburgh Penguins, not for the assistant coaches, um, for both of them, for Jacques Martin and Mark Recchi, I'm going to say no, they're both not going to be here five years from now. Um, I think he's going to make changes for those two. Maybe one of them will leave to go somewhere else, but you know, that's just how I see it right now. You know, we're going to have more on this coming later in the week with some of this back to the future stuff. I got to come up with some uh, more ideas. Hopefully we'll have a guest or two on to talk about some of their own, uh, things that they could see happening in the future for the Penguins. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. We'll be back either tomorrow or Thursday with another episode and then definitely one on Friday. So, you know, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And also, I'll be making an appearance. We'll be doing a live draft lottery show. Um, the Red Wings guys are actually going to be doing it on Friday. So I'll be making an appearance there you know, to talk about, you know, what if the Penguins get the number one overall pick uh, because they lost to Montreal. So, you know, that would... Uh, that would just be peak penguins and all the conspiracy theorists will come out. So um, I'll be sharing more details about that coming up on the next episode of Locked on Penguins. But I thought I would re- let you guys know about this uh, towards the end of this episode. So like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you either tomorrow or Thursday. All right. Take care.